Woo! What is up? Jabroniacs, tis I. Damn, Black Donsky, Black Amora, coming at you like Cleopatra, baby, baby, gabba, gabba, wee. <laughs> a little taste, of the old intro, which who knows when it'll come back. You know what I mean? It kind of faded away naturally. You know, I felt like it was time for a change. Anyway, what's up? We're back. Sorry, episode is late. A couple of you gave me shit. You know what? That's fine. Um, but I apologize for that, everybody. I'm crazy busy. Check me out on my Instagram, at DanBlackAttack. You can see all the stuff I'm up to. I'm now in this new post-pandemic world. I'm performing live more. Um, and I'm producing a bunch of live shows. And um, it dominates a, a, a lot of my time, but I have not forgotten about the Calverse, and uh, because of that, I'm releasing a bonus episode. I know I owe you guys some Patreon episodes, so that's going to be coming out. I'm going to do a bonus episode right after this where I'm going to discuss my time doing uh, uh, last week when I was um, did stand-up uh, Adolf Ziegler and, and uh, Hollywood Hunk, Ryan Nemeth's show out here at Republic of Lucha. I uh, uh, just sat up there and I was, <laughs> I'll tell you about that experience. There's a lot of AEW wrestlers in the house and I'll talk <coughs> all about that on the bonus episode that's out right now when this comes out. So, except for, you know, I'll upload this one first. So There's a little lag for all you guys who are uh, up my ass about those kind of details. I appreciate you though. But yeah, so, man, so much to talk about. Uh, in the world of wrestling, which is actually why I missed an episode last week was because I was performing live for a lot of AEW talent um, when I was supposed to record. By the way, hold on. I, I already cracked this, but what flavor? I'm drinking a LaCroix right now. I got to ask myself. The reason I want to say this is, you know, you'd say I think lime does, but you expect me to say. This flavor is not lime, duh. This flavor is... Cherry Blossom, which is, oh my God, disgusting. Who wants Cherry Blossom as a flavor? It's just, it is truly, it's just too much flavor in a sparkling drink. It's t- truly terrible. We got it for uh, 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 my live show, Last Improv Show. If you live out in L.A., come out, best improv show on uh, the universe. Um, it's on the universe. That, that, that was not me misspeaking. It is the best improv show on the universe. I gotta remember whenever I do these shows by myself, I really I gotta warm up. I gotta get into it. Have all you know, let me have a sip of all my beverages. I got the cherry blossom. Mmm. Ah, terrible. Ooh, who wants that flavor? Go get go, go pick it up and spit it out. Get yourself a lime duh. Now I'm gonna have a coffee with oat milk. Ah, and then I snap it to a water. Literally have three beverages on me right now. Mmm. Donnie beverage. Anyway, I, I, a lot to talk about in pro wrestling. I mean, there's two huge stories we got to get into here um, that I'll discuss here. But before I do, I think it's time to take uh, a, a, a Star Wars detour. Okay? So, all right. The... the the Obi-Wan show is out. Okay, we, we talk about Star Wars a lot in this podcast. Not Batman. Batman's not on the way. Star Wars is in the way right now. Can I bring up that? Uh... Now I got to wear a lot of hats because I don't got too low today. Okay, ready? So yeah, let's see. Let's get it going here. Let's go. All right. Pretend that I'm introing this. You got this. Yeah, pretend I'm introing this. You're at the hoagie shop right now. You know what's up. It's fine. Here we go. Wait, what is this? Oh my god! I actually have another sound drop for you guys. That uh, I'll I'll save this one. Oh my god! I gotta save that one. What's this one? Here we go. Yeah. Star Wars in the way. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about this Obi-Wan show. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, all right. Sorry. It's a fire over text. It's fine. What did you, let's, 
All right. I, I, I went on a rant on my Instagram, okay? And I just want to say, you know, I was so pumped for this Obi-Wan show. And not only that, before I watched it, I had heard people complaining. And I'm like, come on, guys. I literally had the attitude of like, it, it, relax, everybody. This, this, we got oh, Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan. You know, what the fuck could be bad, you know? This thing is so not good. Now, it my problem with it is like, I'll have fun. My problem with any of this stuff is when it feels like, all right, that didn't happen, which we've talked about this here, where you do something, it's like, we've all saw episode four, okay, where D Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, okay, they see each other, what feels like, it feels like the first time they've seen each other, okay? Now, I, I, you know, I mean, there are bigger Star Wars nerds than me out there. I mean, I love Star Wars, but it's just the, the, the nerdetry goes so deep with the wars, you know, that I'm sure someone's a bigger Star Wars than me. But I remember Darth Vader's line, since I'm a little kid, he's like, something to the effect of, when I left you, I was but a learner. Now I am the master. Now... That feels like, hey, I haven't seen you since you sliced off all of my lint. You dismembered me uh, uh, in, uh, in the Mustafar system, right? And then I was in this suit, and I've been looking for you, and oh, wow, now we finally come face to face. As a matter of fact, I know this might give you a little dead air, but let's look up the transcript here. Episode 4, transcript, Obi-Wan versus <laughs> Darth Vader. Hmm. Let's see. Can I get uh, Star split screen? What is this? This is a video. What is this going to give me? Oh, here we go. This is the the script with the video. Here we go. Let's see. All right, I'm listening. You're not going to hear this. So here we go. Let's see if I'm wrong. Star Wars says, "I've been waiting for you, Obi Wan." We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil, Darth. I'm saying this along with the video, but you guys won't be able to hear that. <laughs> what a bummer that you can. Okay, so let's. So, okay, so the technicality here that they're going with is, I've been waiting for you, Obi Wan. We meet again, at last. The circle is now complete. All right, now let's talk about the timeline here. Uh, this is the comedians of Star Wars. Let's talk about the, star, the, the timeline here. The timeline here is the show Obi-Wan show is 10 years after episode three when they drop off Luke and Leia at their respective homes on, on the Alderaan system and Tatooine. And... Um, and... Okay, so in Obi-Wan, you know, uh, this is not a spoiler, but Obi, you know, Hayden Christensen is returning as Darth, and uh, and Obi-Wan is Ewan McGregor. So, you know, they do have scenes where they do interact. So the point is, did they ever interact between that time? So this would be 10 years. So then when we meet up with Luke in episode four, he's about, what, 19 years old? So this is probably another Luke age episode four. Oh, the internet's a beautiful thing. Older sources put Luke and Leia at either 18 or 20 years old at the time of episode four. But we now know that they are born in episode three, which takes place 19 years before. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. I love Star Wars nerds the best. 19, which I was right about. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So this means this is nine years after. Okay, so there is an argument to make that I haven't, I've been waiting for you for the past nine years, okay? But here's the thing, and we talk about this, in, 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 and I know I'm killing the fun. I understand, and my whole thing with Star Wars is like, even with Obi-Wan not being like my favorite, I watch Star Wars till I die, okay? I said that's very managed Galco. Till I die, okay? You know, like, I want... So, fine, because, like, why? When I'm dead, it's not like I need the integrity of Star Wars to be intact. I'm going to be dead. 
I'm going to be in the ground dead. So, like, let me watch Boba Fett ride a fucking Rancor. That's, you know what, I don't care. So I'm having fun with Disney+. Plus. My point is, does what I'm watching, because I will watch it, I will subscribe to Disney+. Plus. What I'm watching, does it feel like fan fiction or does it feel like official canon? Okay? Now... That's what I'm trying to determine right here. So I'm not really being a hater. I'm just determining why it feels a little off. And when something I say is fan fiction, my definition of fan fiction means, all right, this is fun, but this didn't happen. Right? Fan fiction is like when you go on YouTube and you watch like, you type in like Wolverine versus Darth Vader. <laughs> you know, and people make videos of that shit. All right. That was for my dad. My dad's the only one listening to this who doesn't know what fan fiction is, probably. You know? We're going to talk about Cody. We're going to talk about MJF. Don't worry. So, what I'm saying is when you... There's a thing in improv where I, I used to get shit for it. It's like when, you're, when you initiate a scene, okay? And I'm a long-form improviser. People don't know. I, I've studied improv for a long time. I teach improv. Um, okay, so... It, where you, you it's to connect with your seed partner, right? You want to give them. You want to give them the response you think they might want. Okay, that's a way to connect, right? Now sometimes it's worth, you know, it's worth calling an audible and like, you know, doing a curveball, you know, um, for the joke where it's like, oh, you expected me. You expected that I was, uh, you talk to me like I'm your wife, but then we reveal I'm your kid, okay? <laughs> it's such a bad example. That is such a bad example. Oh, it's a bummer Newman's not here to call me out on how bad of an example that was. But okay, whatever, where it's like I go, uh, you know, you, you, you're, you go to write somebody, you go, hey, license and registration. If I say to you, license and registration, right, you know, you in your mind, you think you're, I'm a cop pulling you over, right? But if you go, I'm the chief, why, you know, what do you want license to What are you practicing on me? Right? That's a negation. You know what I mean? It feels off. It feels like, all right, you didn't yes end me, right? You didn't say what I'm doing, right? So then if you're like, oh, okay, or now I'm out of it already. You lost me on reality, plus you've negated what I said. That's how I'm feeling in this where I'm watching, I'm watching Obi-Wan going face to face with Darth Vader, and I'm like, this is not what episode four was asking for. This is not. This is not at all what it was. It was like we all know, top of our intelligence. We're in, we're intelligent. We're smarky. Same way we watch pro wrestling, and have high expectations for that reality, and and we expect truth, and we expect not to be condescended to. You know, we want it to feel like we we know dirt sheet information. We want that folded in, which we'll get into with the MJF thing. We know that when Luke, when George wrote this script, he thought they hadn't seen each other since he put him in the suit, right? No one's going to argue me that. So the technicality of like, I've been waiting for you for a long time and it's nine years as opposed to that 19 years is bottom of intelligence writing. It's not, it's not good writing. Now, that being said, I understand you want to make a series. There's a lot of money in it. And also, there's a lot of fun and funny in it. There's no funny in it, but there's a lot of fun in it. But if you're going to write it, you cannot write this sloppy of scenes. You can't have a scene. This is a spoiler, so you can skip ahead. This is a spoiler. You can't have a scene when the first time Darth Vader sees Obi-Wan, he drags him force through fire to recreate Mustafar. Uh, uh, when he got burnt, that you can't, you can't do that. That is way too big of an altercation because the big altercation they have is in episode four. And if the episode four altercation is just a saber duel, why would Vader, you know, why would why would Vader like you know do something way bigger? It's like it's a, it's it's not hiding properly. It does not feel like it's actually within the verse of Star Wars. That feels like cool fan fiction. So point is is like you know all right fine these guys are gonna have a battle you know again and we're gonna have to be like all right fine this happened this happened 
I guess this happened in the TV show, but like I don't think anyone's putting this officially in the timeline of Star Wars because they jumped the shark. They made it too crazy where it's like it just doesn't feel like within the actual story. It doesn't feel like canon. They jumped it, you know, and that's it. Um, and I can get past the fact that like we have more effects now. We can do cooler things. I understand that. I can get past that. I didn't, you know, I, I'm not ever looking at the, the, the saber duel in episode one and going like, Oh man, like these guys are, this fighting's too fast. Like, no, I get it. They wanted to make it cooler then, and we can suspend our disbelief where, uh, when George Lucas, actually, I read this the other day, George Lucas thought that lightsabers were very heavy in his mind. And so you swing them kind of more like broadswords, which is what happens when, um, his name's Sir Alan McGuinness, and, uh, Darth Vader actually fight it. Like, you know, this, the swinging's very, is way slower, you know? So. Uh, to be honest, I see it more as, like, lighter. I think, actually, Episode 1, like, my favorite Saber duel in all the Star Wars is Episode 1. I mean, which is so crazy because it's known as the worst movie but has the best fight scene uh, 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 in it. Like, the Qui-Gon, when they're both, Qui-Gon and Obi are both fighting Darth Maul on each side of them. That, nothing is, I mean, nothing is cooler than, to me than that. That is so fucking sick. Duel of Fates in the background. You know? Oh, love it. Mm. So, anyway, I'm going to have fun with the Obi-Wan show, but ultimately it feels like fan fiction. Now, I'm not even going to really get into I just want to talk about that point because I think that's the more nuanced point of why I'm upset with it. Yes, the Leia thing sucks. I don't know what, what they think with having, like, little uh snarky precocious children and stuff it doesn't work you know and the reason you know oh, dear god i don't want to well, let's talk about wrestling you, the layer thing's so obvious if you watch it, it, it we all know no one's watching that being like this is good you know uh <laughs> oh man anyway i um all right let's get into wrestling and let's see how this will apply and i think i already did you know um uh, let's talk about this. You know what? Let's bring it up. Let's listen to this MJF pipe bomb. The MJF pipe bomb. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell a fun fact about MJF uh, on the bonus episode because I owe you guys this bonus episode, so I'm going to make sure I save some stuff for the patrons. Thank you guys for uh, uh, sticking with it uh, while I am working on other projects and stuff. You, you know you know my loyalty. I work my ass off for you guys. You don't want, I have loyalty here, but I'm uh, uh, when I get pulled out of the directions, I do a lot of this stuff myself, you know? So... I'm gonna save a thing about MJF, but let's just talk about this pipe bomb. So, listen, let's just let's let's just bring it up because I I want I want to listen to it again, frankly. Ah, uh, let's see. Slams 
And I do that shit on a weekly basis. See, all the other boys, they get to settle for being great. I have to be perfect because I'm the 26-year-old who is constantly held under a microscope because I'm the only guy who is capable of carrying this company on my back as I have for months. It's funny, it's funny I hear booze, but I also hear clapping. That's interesting, that's interesting. Where were you guys, where were you guys this whole weekend when you were calling me an unprofessional piece of shit? I'm just curious. You're not the only problem, no, it's the boys in the back too. Cause the boys in the back all want my spot. Well guess what, you want my spot, you can have it. Cause I don't wanna be here anymore. Now let's talk about you fans, huh? You people call yourself fans. You're not fans. You're uneducated marks. You sit there on your phones tweeting out your opinions like they're worth a damn. Let me explain something to you people. You don't know shit. Your opinions suck. Your opinions change at the drop of a dime. And then you pretend your new opinions are the same as your old. For example, man, I always knew MJF was a good wrestler. Really? That's interesting. Because last time I checked, you guys pretended I sucked in the ring for a long time. And why is that, huh? Because, because I'm not untrained like all your faves? Because I don't pretend to watch New Japan? Because I don't dump, because I don't dump my opponents on their head? Because I'm not reckless? What is it? Is it because I'm not chasing star ratings, guys? What is it? How could I possibly be the best? Well, newsflash, I am the best! I'm the best in the world! Because I'm the only guy who makes you feel. And unlike all those boys, I don't got to do a bunch of bullshit to get you there. I am a generational talent, and you people consistently take me for granted. But it's not just you. Wow. It's the big man in the back, too. Here's something you guys can't take for granted. Here's something he doesn't want you to know. Do you guys know who the second biggest minute-for-minute minute draw is in this entire company? Nope, you wish. It's me! It's me! And if you don't believe me, do me a favor. Ask that boy Tony in the back, see what he's got to say. But whatever you do, don't ask him to reach into his pockets and pay the man who's been busting his ass for him since day one! No, 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 no. Make sure he hoards all that money. Make sure he hoards all that money so he can give it to all the new ex-WWE guys he keeps bringing in. That can't lace my goddamn boots! you treat me better if I was an ex-WWE guy? See, maybe you don't get it, man. Here's the problem with you, boss. You got a position of power in a wrestling company when the only position you should be assuming is behind the guardrail with all of them. I don't want to wait till 2024, but you don't listen to me, so allow me to make it a little bit easier for you. Tony, I want you to fire me. Tony, don't tell me down, you piece of shit! Shut your mouth! Look at me, Tony. Look at me. I want you to fire me. You
They're on the road to Forbidden Door. Uh, wow. I got to say, so I wa- that was my second time listening to it. I didn't plan to listen to the whole thing. I was going to play it and then stop it. And then I ended up letting the whole thing go uh, to hear it again. And I got to say, on second listen, this promo is absolutely perfect. This is perfect, perfect, perfect wrestling. I mean, I can come on here, nitpick it here and there, and that's fine, and I would do that, And I, but I would be doing that just to do it. I mean, just after second listen to that, uh, fuck, that was so fucking captivating. That was his best performed promo by far. It was the best work shoot stuff. With that, I'm going to discuss in a second. I was taking notes as I went through here. Like, he perfectly balanced the work and the shoot and made it completely real. Um, uh, where you didn't really have any of that. Like, I remember CM Punk cut a promo in AEW semi-recently where he was like, you know, saying I'm I'm not respected, and then he was like, I p you know I I threw a guy's uh, father's ashes or whatever he said you know a Paul Bearer's ashes in the in the in the lake or whatever you know I forgot exactly how that went down, and then you're like oh okay now you're going into wrestling so I see now it's wrestling, this has nothing where it takes you out of it really, I mean, uh, it really it it, it keeps you guessing and um I remember I was watching this I when I had this. I heard about I, I was watching it and Christina was here and I was like watch this and she was like eh, I don't watch it blah, blah, blah. and then when we watched it she sat there and she was captivated by it uh, she after she was like you know what I gotta say that was good that was interesting and on second lesson I mean holy shit now let's set the stage for this a little bit one thing that really works about this because because when you call something a pipe bomb in wrestling, it's like there's been times where people call something a pipe bomb. And then I think it's like, all right, whatever, you know, it feels forced. I don't think anyone's ever really successfully cut a pipe bomb. Well, I, you know, things that I would consider a pipe bomb is Moxley's podcast, I think, with Jericho when he left the company. Right. I would consider that a version of a pipe bomb. Where he was, you know, he really talked full shit. He expressed himself. Now, it's on a podcast, so I guess it's not a pipe bomb because it's not, like, uh, live on the broadcast. But whatever. It's a version of a pipe bomb. He said, here's my experience being Dean Ambrose in WWE. And he went pretty negatively on Vince McMahon, you know. Um, and pretty hard. Uh, this is a pipe bomb. I know people jump to call things pipe bombs. This is definitively a pipe bomb, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> all right. I, I, there's so many reasons why. Now, look, I ain't. I am a mark, obviously. But let's say in terms of being like a, a, a... What I mean by this is a pipe bomb does not mean that I think this is 100% true. I don't even think the original pipe bomb was 100% true, right? I think all great things in wrestling are work shoot, okay? You know, I, you know, he's not going to go on TV and just say nothing. Even it, it Just go off like that. First off, that was way too polished to not be well, 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 well thought out. I mean, that is – I'm a performer. Trust me, Okay. I've had many times in my life where I've performed something where people think, wow, that must have been off the cuff. And I know in my head, like, I had the beats. You know, I had the I had blah, blah, blah. You know, not, not, not my improv scenes, don't worry. But there have been times where it's like, you, you, the trick is to make people believe that what you're saying is off uh, the cuff, you know. And so that's the effectiveness of MJF is that he really makes you believe, like, Oh, he's, he's, he's spilling his guts here. But So part of what works about this is he's coming off his Wardlow victory, and his beef has nothing to do with getting his ass kicked by Wardlow. He's like, yeah, I, you know. Um, and they perfectly worked us in the sense of, and this part I do believe is worked, okay, is like him not showing up for signings. You're like, oh, wow, that's weird because it's like people pay to go to that, you know, and he had that uh, ticket, that plane ticket 
uh, booked home. So they per- perfectly got us in this place where you're like, maybe he does have a problem with the company. He's been saying it a lot, you know. And my thing is, you gun to the head. Does he have a problem with the company? I bet he does a little bit. I'm not saying that he's. I I I bet he does. I bet he thinks he you know he wanted to be paid. My guess is if look if you had to say gun to the head, I'm wrong. Uh, if I get this wrong, I would say that MJF did feel a little bit like he's under respected, and that's where this came from, right? And he maybe renegotiated his contract behind the scenes, you know. And they're like, let's use this. Let's have you be underappreciated let's go for that right um there's a reason he was just working with cm punk so i don't believe this to be like oh he went completely off script and i don't know if you think that i i you know that's that's silly but i don't think that's what makes something a pipe bomb i think a pipe bomb is something that comes from uh uh truth and saying things he and i'll get into it he objectively said things in this promo that are just truthful grievances where he did break kayfabe pretty far okay so um he sets up in the beginning like i get no respect right he's doing the danger field you know mjf gets no respect you know in the beginning it's all friends wrestling but except for me you know and that was probably that's based in truth you know which is that he came in he was a younger talent he was a more unknown. I mean, I knew who he was before AEW started, but he was more of a prospect. Prospect coming out of what he was in MLW, I believe, is where he kind of cut his his uh, teeth, you know. Um, but he uh, uh, he came in and he was more of like you know that Cody protege was kind of his type, you know. And he was saying you know a lot of people were getting bigger contracts and he wasn't, even though he knew his worth already. He's saying that, so that's cool. That was a good way to start it. Um, uh, but then he pointed out something that's real, which is he's like, you know, I'm hearing boos and clapping. And that's when he broke from the script and he was like just in that real moment there, you know. Um, and I think one of the things he did where he he tipped me like, all right, slightly is when he starts like insulting the crowd being like, yo, uh, don't clap me because, you know, uh, you guys ain't uh, you guys ain't so great either. You know, I don't know. Forgot exactly what he said here. What exactly we said, but he said something that was a little bit to like get heel heat, but whatever. I'm going to let that part go because then where it really starts to pick up is he starts uh, shitting on the modern wrestling fan, right? He said, you're all uneducated marks tweeting out your opinions. You don't know shit, you know, and he fucking believes that, right? There's no way he's not frustrated at all. Or he might not be frustrated. He might think it's just part of wrestling. But he does believe you guys don't know shit. You say stuff and you don't know anything. And he's, you know, and, he, uh, um, and also then he starts saying, here's my problems with the modern wrestling fan. He's like, you guys cheer on all these guys who fucking are, are, are a bunch of fucking gimmicks. They can't cut promos. They can't do any of the stuff he does. He's like, why I don't dump my opponents on my head? It's because I'm not trained. I'm not chasing star racings. Star ratings, you know, um, and so all of that stuff is him is why, yeah, maybe it's a work, but ultimately, you know, no matter what, that's coming from a place of truth because it, uh, he wrestles, he, he goes, I, I don't need, I don't got to do a bunch of bullshit to get you there. And that is the truth is that MJF is such a great talent and he is required to hold this company on his back. The one thing he didn't say that I wished he did is that he said, like, I'm the only one in this company who can cut a promo. I don't know why he did that. That was the one thing I was like, man, I wish he said that, you know, but he's two seconds away from being like, look at all these guys, all this hype, but they suck ass. They don't make anybody feel anything. And it's fucking true. He is on another level at 26 years old than 90% of that roster. And it just fucking is what it is. So we don't know if he's actually underpaid or not, but it's kind of irrelevant because what he is saying, here's my value, and we're all agreeing with it. So it's like, hey, if you're telling me that's not the value he's getting, all right, I'll go with you there because we believe you that he deserves it. Um, and by the end of this, he says he the whole crowd is cheering for him. 
Like, that's what makes it incredible is that he changes the crowd's opinion. They're coming out to boo him like a heel. By the end, they're cheering him on and supporting Max Freeman. They're like, wait, we're, we have your back here, Max. Like, sounds like you're, we see your value. He successfully broke down the kayfabe of it where everyone was like, oh, you're a bad guy that we normally boo, but here we're on your side as an employer of AEW, who's be, employee of AEW is being mistreated by your employer, you know? And he got out his grievances, which is like, I'm not chasing star ratings and I'm not fucking pretending to watch New Japan. It was so good. And also, it was just like, his most, uh, he, uh, by the end, he's so fucking mad. And it is great. And he's telling Tony, I want you to fire me. Uh, he's like, I can't wait till 2024, which he's been saying for a while. I'm going to go 2024. And uh, this is a perfect wrestling work where he's laid the groundwork for all this shit. And, you know, he's better. He is better than all these guys. What a fucking amazing, amazing, amazing uh, 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 promo by MJF. I mean, yes. Is it a work? Yes. Does that mean I don't think he will go to WWE? I think he will. I think he's a. I think that Cody bro- ruined that for everybody. You want to know my actual opinion? Is I've said it before. Is that Cody going back to WWE told everybody that AEW is lesser. It just is. That's just fucking true. You know. Uh, and we'll get into Cody, but man, oh man, MJF, uh, so one of my guys. And I'll tell you a look, quick little story in the bonus episode about MJF. So one of my guys, uh, proud to have parents living in his hometown, proud to be a Long Island Jewish man just like him, proud to have worked out in uh, the same gym as him before, and I can't wait to meet the guy uh, and um, uh, tell him what a great talent he is. Um, we, we've known this for a while. The sky is the limit for him. So, yeah, I successfully called this a pipe bomb. I think it's nearly perfect. It's one of the best things. It really captured my attention in a way where other things don't <coughs> fuck yes um whew, let's see let's see wh- let's see where this fucking goes man i'm excited to watch dynamite tomorrow night. i'll tell you that um so let's move on Let's move on to the next biggest story, which is, shit, I have two stories here. Let's just lump them together. The two stories is injuries. CM Punk having to give up his title. Man, oh man, I wish Tulo was here right now, but uh, Tulo had to work. But holy shit, CM Punk wins the title. You know, look, there's a lot to say. I can come on here and be like, I told you so, or some version of that. But ultimately, I get why they wanted CM Punk to have the title. Summer Punk could have been fun. He, how, Who knows how much time he's really got left. So why not just do it sooner rather than later? Hangman already had a pretty good run. He could use a reset. you know. So it, it, it was okay. I personally wanted Hangman to keep holding on to it. I just was like, loving the, CM, uh, the, the Hangman matches. Ah. Mm. Uh, so, in my mind, I wouldn't have went that way, but I get it. So, I'm not going to go back and say it. But, you know, this is just uh, its just a shame. I mean, it's just a shame. I, I, I don't know. I don't really know. Uh, you know, it's just what, you know, we've had two two things. The Cody injury, which is what I'll get into next, and the CM Punk injury. They're just shames. You know, these guys... They fucking, this wrestling is real. They get fucking hurt. It is what it is, you know? And I I just think that CM Punk's going to be, the, they're going to make interim champ we'll get into. So he'll come back as the champion and they'll have a, a match, unification match, and that will be good. I think the one good thing to come out of it is that CM Punk came out and he was seemingly pretty emotional about it i think he was excited for this run and he didn't get to do it i mean the amount of matches he's gonna lose out on he would have been wrestling at forbidden door the stuff that we miss out on let's see what the sea punk championship run would look like uh we missed out there's no question about it it's just you never know when you're gonna get hurt in this business i 
just uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm holding back a little bit. I'm holding back a little bit because I don't know. I'm still a little bit because I, I, I'm back and forth. I'm like this, you know. CM Punk, he's not that old, you know. He's not that old. He's still in the in the reins to feel it, but it's similar to how I felt. I said this last time. I said it last episode. It's just like I don't know the time. It he doesn't feel like the champion. Like if Daniel Bryan won it off Hangman, he would have felt like the champion. CM Punk, I know he had the wins, and I know he's been doing some good work, but like there's a thing with CM Punk and where he doesn't feel like he could beat Hangman, you know. It's, you know, that's the theme of this episode. It's like, it's a little bit like, you know, similar to what I'm saying about Star Wars. Like, I don't know. This, you know, this, this wouldn't happen. This one, you know, CM Punk wouldn't beat Hangman. Hangman's like in his prime and he's killing it. And then CM Punk was botching so many spots in the matches. It's like, I know he's not the most athletic guy. We know that he's more of, you know, a personality, a cult of it, many would say. But, uh, you know. But I, CM Punk is one of my guys, and I don't know. I could see booking him as the champion. What a bummer he got hurt, though. I'm not going to be one of these guys who's like, told you, I knew he was going to get hurt. But I am going to say that, like, it didn't feel right going in. That's all I want to say. And I'm just kind of not surprised. If I'm following my, like, intuition here, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I think, like, I could have saw this happening. You know, uh, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm not being ageist at all. CM Punk is not old. Like, get that shit out of your head that, like, CM Punk's old. It's like, pro wrestling? Come on. <laughs> anyway. Let's move on to another injury. <laughs> Put a way more badass man. One. Oh, man. Uh, oh, shit. Wait, wait, wait. Let me gear this up. Let me full gear this up. Let's get into another injury. What do you what do you what do you say? I can't I can't vamp. It's just me. It's hard to vamp. Wait, what happened? Why is it not loading up? Uh, I'm gonna keep saying it until I get this thing. Until I get this, I have to go on the Wi-Fi here. Okay. Let's let's speaking of let's get another vamp vamp vamp. Let's get another. Here we go. Until let's talk a bit of another injury here. Ready? <laughs> oh man! Adrenaline in my soul. Something, something, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> One more time. This is so good. Adrenaline in my soul. Something, something, Cody Rhodes. Oh my God! That's a rooster illusion again. Um, the the makers of this. No, no, not that. That's X <laughs> Oh, uh, the makers of... I'll find it. Um, but, uh, fuck yes. <laughs> That's so good. Cody, man. Cody, Cody, Cody. Cody is... The makers of this. Time to eat my ass. <laughs> Time to eat my ass. <laughs> Cody Rhodes is, um, so deeply one of my guys. What a, he, this guy gets this business almost like his father was one of the greats or something. Hey, uh, that is, um, holy shit, man. How does Cody Rhodes get injured and make it a fucking career booster? I mean, this guy spins fucking shit into stardust. Uh, if you do not underestimate Cody, do not be like, hey, like we said it when the AEW crowd was booing him. I was like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you are doing. That's still, it makes me mad when I think about it. Cody Rhodes is so fucking awesome. I don't know what else to say. He's so fucking awesome. You know, uh. I'm looking at him out there and he's got that tattoo on his neck and you're like, this guy lives and breathes this shit, man. That's a tattoo on your fucking neck of your wrestling logo. <laughs> Cody Rhodes tears his pectoral in the gym. And by the way, uh, three people texted me. Three. The meme 
of uh, of uh, it's it's Adam Cole, and it says it's a picture of Adam Cole pointing at himself. It said, "I would never tear a peck lifting weights." Oh boy, away! I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it, folks. Don't we, folks? <laughs> we know he would never tear it. <laughs> His back lifted weight. Cody is beefing up like beyond belief right now. You could see it. He was probably benching, just tore his pack right off the bone. You see how black and blue he is. And he goes in and he wrestles that match. And holy fucking shit. He wrestles a hell in a cell with a torn pectoral. I don't know. WWE let him do it. They probably were just like, you'll just be legend. I mean, how often do you have an injury that's so visible? I mean, that's the other thing. It, it was, this shit was inked like his tattoo. It was so black and blue. And they're probably just like, you're just going to, it's like, it's so worth it. It might injure you more, but it's the same thing as the Becky punch to the face. It's, it's stone cold blood down the face, blood from a stone, right? It's, I like I went Becky's first. Good for her. Badass mom. Uh, it, it is perfect pro wrestling. It's, we love the sacrifice of pro wrestlers out there just doing it, man. Giving it their all. And Cody Rhodes is just, what else can you say? He's the fucking American dream as far as I'm concerned. I almost like, when they call him the nightmare, it's, it's just kind of off for me, to be honest. Now I'm just like, he's the fucking American dream. I mean, I hope at some point he switches over. I know it's his dad's thing. And he's like, I can never be the American dream, so why not brace the American nightmare? But I don't know. He's living the dream as far as I'm concerned. And he's filling his dad's shoes for me. Uh, obviously generationally it's off, it's different, but you know, it's like, he's a little bit cheese. So at times, but he's, but so was Cena. You gotta be cheese. If you want to be captain America, you know, uh, and like, he's not afraid to do it. He's not afraid to do it. He's not afraid to name his daughter Liberty and be the American fucking dream. His daughter's name is Liberty. He is the American dream. I mean, he's um, just fuck, man. Then, like, Brandy tweets out, like, hey, I'm going to show that to my daughter anytime she says she can't do something. You know, you're like, hey, I'm, I mean, this all works for me. I know they're a little, it's a little much, but wrestling is a little much, right? They're becoming, like, the first family of wrestling, literally to the point where it says wrestling has more than one royal family. They're living up to that. They left AEW to go take over WWE. I mean, what else can you say? Tremendous, tremendous. Plus, he hit the fucking... Look at the long-term storytelling. He hits the pedigree on Seth Rollins. Oh, my God. Come on. So fucking good. This is the shit as wrestling fans. It's like, you know, I say wrestling is a very high form of art, and I stick by it. I don't try to defend it too much to people. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. You don't believe it. I got it. Go fucking watch, you know, the Glass Menagerie or whatever you You know what I mean? Do whatever you got to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever you Watch whatever, like, whatever they told you was good in film school. All right, Fellini? You know? But what I'm saying is that when I watch a guy, this is the thing people never get about wrestling. A guy, leave, leave WWE, right? And then go start a brand new company, start a, a, a movement, denounce that, and then come back and hit the move of the guy he denounced in the middle of that WWE ring on the guy who's like the poster child for adopting that, like the whole Triple H layer of all that and Triple H being the embraced company man, the guy who was worthy of marrying into the McMahon family. That is fucking Shakespearean and it's real and it's so fucking good. I, I, you know, and I'm so glad that I can appreciate this and other people are like, oh, wrestling shit. It's like they're missing out. Like they're going watching fucking the Book of Bulba. Right, everyone's watching fucking seeing red or whatever, and they're missing out on all these real life storytellers of guys literally sacrificing their fucking bodies to tell these stories. 
You know? Is there anything more interesting than watching The Undertaker like play this dead man and try to look strong while actually facing death? You know? Like we watch him get older and it's like he is more believably dead but less believably as a wrestler. Like all of that. It's so human. So beautiful. Mm, I don't know. Man, I have such a romance with the art of pro wrestling. Uh, and it's funny because I can sit here and articulate it pretty well. I mean, whatever. I think it was pretty well. I can articulate, but then like I'm talking to somebody and they don't, they never give a shit and I can never get there with them, you know? And that's what I'll tell you. That's why I, I never bother switching people's political opinions. Oh, you're a Trump guy. Oh, go, go pull the lever or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I gotta waste my time, you know? I'll just talk to you guys, but my, my echo chamber, you guys are my echo chamber. Holy shit. We got this such so much great shit happened. Not to mention this forbidden door thing, which, uh, uh, which is this pay per view, where Moxley, you know, like how AEW the great work they do over there, where Moxley's gonna be, you know, in that title match, and it's like, well, look at his record. And he's like, you know, I don't know. He's like, he's undefeated or something in in 2022, and you're like, boom, that's all you need. Boom, perfect. That's why Moxley's in there, not just because he's a big star. His record backs it up. Just fantastic. So much good shit happening. Uh, I love it. All right, everybody. I'm going to go switch to the bonus episode, talk about my time uh, over there. Uh, uh, thank you guys for your patience. Uh, 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 I'm going to talk about uh, my bonus episode. I'm going to talk about performing stand-up for, like, the <laughs> – not the entire AEW roster, but like a, a ton of AEW talent. It was kind of interesting. It's hanging out all night. It's talking to uh, uh, Tony Schiavone. Like it was, uh, I, I had a great time. I'll re- recant all that for on uh, the Patreon episode there. And thank you guys for your patience. I know some of you are giving me some shit. I promise you, like, and not just being lazy. I am busy, 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 uh, but I am not neglecting you guys at all. Oh, I am neglecting you guys, but it's not uh, malicious. I, I love you guys. So much love for the uh, patrons, uh, and, uh, thank you for supporting this and still, still like just do it all. Uh, we do it all ourselves. So, uh, patreon.com slash comedians of wrestling, go support the podcast. Give us a couple bucks, join our discord server. And, uh, yeah. Hey everybody, I'll see you in the bonus episode. Keep watching wrestling kisses. Cheers up.